Hello and welcome to Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sider, and joined by my co-host, Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at Sider. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Also, make sure to follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page if you aren't already at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support of is very much appreciated. I know we have a special guest for you today. We had the, the trade news with Trevor Reza finally break today. We've been talking about it for months now at this point. I know Kellen Olsen, our former host of Locked On Suns and now over Arizona Sports to an Empire of the Suns, I know, Kellen, you had a podcast, uh, I believe, yesterday came out with Kevin Zerman, and you hit on a lot of these details. So we're going to also talk about it a little bit with Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre, the haul they got in that trip for Trevor Reza. And we're going to also hit on the rotation, see how maybe these guys fit into it with the Suns seemingly starting to gel a little bit, winning back-to-back games for the first time in 11 and a half months. So, Brendan, I'll throw it back to you first, and then I'll throw it to Kellen. What were your initial thoughts on this trip? Because, I mean, we it all started with craziness on Friday with the Brooks situation, but Ending up with Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. Is that a good haul for Trevor Reese, you think? I think it is. I mean, my first impression really was surprised that it ended up being Washington of all teams. I just wasn't really a team on my radar, partially because, as we'll get into, I'm not sure they had exactly, precisely what the Suns were looking for. But um, from the Trevor Reese standpoint, you know, that's a team that he has a history with, spent two seasons there, and led them to the first playoff berth of, of John Wall's career and had some success. So it makes sense that they would maybe want to go acquire him, obviously clean some house as they've had their own problems this year. But I mean, I think the real, the real kind of place I'm at with it is I, I was not, not sold on the idea that as ESPN reported, the Suns were asking for a, a playmaker, a starting caliber veteran playmaker and a young asset or a pick I was really skeptical they would get there and um, you can maybe pick nits with exactly the guys they got but they basically filled that and to me that's that's a that's a success and I think they they made kind of a, a nothing asset into a pretty solid haul what do you yeah. think Kellen? yeah I would I would agree with Brennan that if you look at this from the standstill of what it was is that Ariza was a player on an expiring contract who wanted to leave that was not even playing that well for the team. I'm actually higher on Ariza's play this season than most, but with that being said, I can agree that he has kind of been a little underwhelming. And to get the return that they got, which is not only a guy that could potentially and, – and the thing about Rivers is he comes in here and a lot of people with his negative rep and everything, I think Brennan's been the driver of this train so far, and we'll get into it, that he can he can do some things for you if he recaptures his form. And for me, the thing with that is it's value. He's not a meaningless asset to pick up in this. He can still bring value to you. So for me, I think getting him and then getting a guy like Ubre who could really fit into your long-term core is is a great deal. I think what's going to determine this, though, is this is one of those deals where we can't say the Suns won right away because it depends on what they do with Ubre, which we're going to get into, obviously, if Rivers can fit in and a whole lot of other things. Now, Kellen, I'll toss it back to you because I know you guys are more on the the positive side of things with the Austin Rivers trade. And maybe I just have a, a sour taste in my mouth with the Austin Rivers the past few years, but I'm not really a fan of the trade. I love Kelly Oubre and his fit, just the possibility of him possibly fitting in alongside this young core. But Austin Rivers is a guy who's currently shooting some really, really bad shooting splits right now. He's sub 40% from the field. He has a PR under 10 at 7.1 and negative win share. I know, obviously, it's a really terrible team in Washington, but what do you, how can you convince me, I guess, Kellen, on Austin Rivers? Because I, I really personally, I don't want him to take D'Anthony Mellon's starting spot. I think Mellon's kind of earned his way. I, obviously, he's a rookie, but 
I'm really scared about the possibilities of if Austin Rivers doesn't tap into his defense potential that we saw in L.A., it's going to be a really bad defensive fit next to Booker. I understand how you can feel about that and feel that way, but at the same time, Rivers was just last year a competent rotation guard on good teams, and how much you're willing to buy that as a facade or something that's actually real is another case, but I, obviously this is not what people wanted. This is not D'Angelo Russell. This is not Frank Milikina. This is not Markel Fultz, and I feel like we were just all together kind of picking up unsustainable that's not really the right word but just the not type of standards to return for Ariza and and I think Ubre is is someone the team doesn't actually necessarily need but if you look at him from the value and look more specifically which we're going to get into what he actually brings to this team I really really like it and for me I, I think Rivers actually have a chance at being a good starting guard next to Booker as a rental alone that's what we kind of thought for Ariza it, in a trade, right? Like if they would have gotten just Jeremy Lin for him, I would have been like, Oh, okay, that's fine. And I know Jeremy Lin has a better chance of being good next to Devin Booker than, than Austin rivers does, but he can shoot. He can play defense. This is of course, when he's playing his best basketball and uh, Brendan, why don't you kind of give me your case as to why you think this might be a situation where everything was just a disaster in Washington and we could actually see him um, recapture his form a bit in Phoenix. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think, here's how I'm kind of coming down with this wizard situation. And I'm not going to pretend like I've been sitting there watching wizards game after wizards game this year, but looking at it from afar, checking in on them every so often, like I, I think all the guys in the regular rotation deserve an incredible amount of blame for letting things fall apart for what was a, a legitimate playoff team last year. You know, parsing through individual blame for something like that is hard, but overall, like, this team fell apart and everybody in that locker room deserves blame for, for what happened there. And I think there'll be more moves made, but individually, I'm not going to look at these guys, stats rivers and Uber, both included who have some of the worst stats on the team. If we're just being honest um, and, and say like, yo, that's a, a real down year all of a sudden, like this guy's just not an NBA player anymore, despite what the statistics might look like. Now they have a lot to prove when they come to Phoenix. I'm not going to also assume that, they're just going to jump back to the best versions we've seen of these guys. And maybe some of the the stench of that situation follows them here and it, it takes a minute or maybe it never works out. I, I'm not going to pretend like I know, but like you said, with Rivers, I think two years ago, especially, but even last year, I mean, he's been pretty much the same guy the past two seasons. Um, decent true shooting percentage, above average PER, if you want to use that number, took, took on a, a little bit of a heavier burden off the bench, played you know, pretty solid basketball. I mean, he's not an incredible player. He's not an all-star, but he's, if you like, I, I like the way that, that Zach Lowe tweeted it the night the trade happened. Just if you squint hard enough, it's kind of the player that the Suns had been searching for next to Devin Booker. And I think it's easier to imagine him kind of falling into a role that makes sense on this team than it did in, in Washington anyway, because they need him so badly. And I think he'll be in position to succeed more than uh, he was in Washington. Yeah, I actually want to jump it back to Evan because Evan was mentioning how he's not really a fan of the trade, if I, if I heard him right. Are you just worried about the ball-dominant tendencies from him, his isolation, here comes Austin Rivers kind of deal, Evan? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was thinking of. I'm kind of scared he's going to hijack the offense a little bit, but the more I think about it, I know, Kelly, you wrote a story about Bradley Beal, and we were talking about the Wizards situation now. all started to percolate up a little bit a few months or about a month ago, and we were really advocating like you were about Bradley Beal over John Walt that ever came to be because – I don't think you really need a true point guard in Igor's system. And I guess 
Austin Rivers is a combo guard. I'm worried about the hijacking, but if if Igor can stay with his pass happy offense, it really maybe works. But I'm still skeptical of it. But maybe he can hone in his Austin Rivers like tendencies for a few months and just fit within the offense. But it worries me a little bit, of course. Yeah, I agree, and I think one thing to kind of go out on a lesser scope is I think we were so zoned in on looking for the right fit next to Devin Booker and looking at all the potential ideas, and we had, we had so much time to figure out what – because Trevor Reza was so obviously going to be traded. It went from, like, he makes a lot of sense to be traded a month ago to about two weeks ago where it's like, yeah, he's gone. So we had all this time to really kind of zone in on this and kind of figure it out, and to me – when we zoom back in on this team and actually look at it, you see this team that is starting to figure a couple things out, which I want to hit on with Ubre, but they still need guys who can create and they still need guys who can do things offensively that Austin Rivers can do. But I still believe at the end of the day, it, it sounds like I'm very pro Austin Rivers here. I'm just trying to look <laughs> at both sides evenly. I'm still very anti Austin Rivers. I still don't think he should necessarily start, but with that being said, I won't get upset if we see him get a chance um, in the starting role to see if he can – because if he finds his – if he is 90% of the player he was for the Clippers last year and the year before, that's better than what D'Anthony Melton is right now, in my opinion. And and that can really help this team find the rhythm going forward. And, look, he, he's a rental. He's not a long-term fit for this team or anything. And D'Anthony Melton's got some time left with this team. I know he didn't get a four-year deal that we wanted him to get, the whole Tyson Chandler thing, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, he's the long-term guy. He's only a rookie. He's still got a future here. I don't think – Putting Austin Rivers in for him is the worst case scenario, but I think Ubre is the guy to really hit on here because he's the value in the in the deal. Okay, look before we go over to Kelly Ubre, I know we're all in agreement. I think he's kind of the prize in this deal. But before we go on to that, I want to tell you guys really quickly about at Locked On NBA, which is our Locked On Twitter account. If you're not already following it, please do so. We, if you want to get coverage outside of things with guys like me and Brendan, there's very good follows like David Locke, Adam Mares, John Corrales. All these guys are at the games, at practices, locked on NBA is really growing our network. It's really exciting to watch. So if you're not already, go open your Twitter app, follow at locked on NBA and really join in on the movement. I want to also tell you guys about an exciting new sponsor we have. I've heard about them a few times now. It's Homie. It's a real estate company coming into Phoenix and really trying to change how things are done. So think about, you know, the platform that you've seen in a lot of other situations where they're, they're trying to buy the house from you, make some money off of it at the same time as they claim to be helping you. And, and that's really what Homie's trying to change. So they, 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 we've, got our, we've got your back is their motto. And they're really, they really mean that. So not only do they have an easy to use platform, a website and, and, a, and a mobile app for you, they also have really just a lot of ways to save money. So they can sell any priced home for the same low, low cost of $199 to list and just $1,299 to close. On average, Homie customers save over $10,000. You've heard me talk about the million-dollar home they sold and saved the homeowner over $60,000 in commission. So that's really the biggest hassle when you're going to buy a house is the fees and the extra money on the front and back end. No matter which side of it you're on, buying or selling, it's just a hassle, and it always costs way more than you're expecting. So that's what they're trying to cut out is just the unnecessary hassle. They want it to be as easy as possible to buy and sell a house here. So what we're going to do for you along with homies team of, of realtors and attorneys and all the stuff that they're already doing is here at locked on. We're going to give you guys $100 off that listing fee of $199. So you're going to use the promo code locked on at checkout. That's locked on all one word, the name of the show at homie.com 
or on the Homey mobile app to get $100 off the listing fee of $199 when you're selling a house. So go check these guys out. Check out all the other, all the stuff that they have to offer as well as using that offer code if you do indeed decide to list your house with Homey. All right, yeah. So I'm I'm actually interested to hear you all kind of sit back with Ubre because I think he's uh, I'm still wrapping my head around how he fits and probably just getting too caught up on what this team already has and not thinking enough about the future. But I mean, Evan, just because I feel like Cullen and I dominated the rivers, but I'd like to, I think you're really excited about Ubre. What, what kind of in the future and right now do you think he brings to the team? I just think right now I was looking at some stats today, especially some hustle stats while I was working on my dance name, Melon story. And what really caught my eye was the deflections. I did not know that Kelly Ubre. Per 36 averages about 4.6 deflections. Add that in next to DeAnthony Melton. Add that next to Mikhail Bridges. Add that next to Josh Jackson. You all that you really have like hands havoc out there as far as aggressive defense goes. Really long wingspan as well. Six seven with a seven foot three wingspan. He really fits what the modern wing is. But obviously the shooting concerns are there. He has a worse catch and shoot percentage than Josh Jackson this year. kind of kind of says a lot there. Which what's really worries me about is shooting potential long term. But I think just his scoring ability, I think the the boost on the bench, I don't think Ubre is going to start. I think Kelly might disagree on that, but I think that Ubre as a bench scorer, maybe keep TJ Warren as, as the starting four and McKilber as the starting three, adding that scoring boost with Ubre, I think that makes the second unit so much better. Uh, I actually, yeah, Kellen. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because I, I think the shooting thing is the biggest concern just for every year. And uh, again, like like I said, with the individual statistics for these guys, I'm not going to peg it on him and try to to make it seem like you know he's just going to be judged at this high standard, even though the whole team was kind of failing around him. But I, I'm interested in what you think of the the shooting and kind of why it might have fallen off, and as well as the defense, because he's listed at six seven. That seems kind of big, and I'm unsure of what position he defends ideally. That's an interesting point. Um, I have not seen an extensive amount of him, meaning like over like 40 games to really just extensively say what he does defensively and what, where he's a lockdown guy. I think yeah. that's, that's a really interesting point that I've never thought about because you're having him out there primarily for his defense, toughness, and tangibles. And that's why I would actually like him to start because the point I wanted to bring up on him is uh, the thing I wrote on ArizonaSports.com a while back, or not a while back, actually last night, was um, regarding how he fits into what they're doing right now, which is really building an identity through energy and their hustle plays and all of that. So I think for me, where he fits in there is a lot better in the starting lineup. And especially what I found with him was that he actually struggled with the second unit a lot last year. But when you put him with the starters, that's where he really shined. And I think finding him in the right sort of group is more important for him because of how specific of a player he is and I, th- I think that's kind of what we're dancing around here a bit is that exactly which he is he's not a great shooter we're not really sure what position he really defends but he defends at least two of them pretty well and just offers you a lot of intangibles and and really attacks the basket as well uh, I think he might be Evan, where would you say he ranks in terms of guys that attack the basket on this team? He might even be the second best guy now attacking the basket behind Devin Booker when it comes to a one-on-one play. I know I'm ignoring TJ Warren here, but I think he's like right in that group. I I agree with you. I I might put TJ slightly ahead, but as far as (laughs) athleticism and pop at the basket, like if you want to see an explosive play at the rim, I agree with that. I would put Oubre at number two, and I 
I tweet this out. I one of my followers tweeted me right as this happened. He asked who had more value between Ubre and Josh Jackson. I just think we're kind of talking about it now. Just I think Ubre is more of an explosive guy. He's more I wouldn't say explosive because Josh Jackson's pretty explosive, but he's a better shooter. He's a better defender right now, and I think just his intangibles, his length, and his overall long term potential really intrigues me. But I just think if we when, like you said, calling the explosiveness and really factoring that in alongside Booker, if you had Two or three of those guys, I don't know if TJ stays starting at six man. I think with the way he's playing, he probably should stay at the four. But if you have those three guys in the starting lap, that is really intriguing from a scoring point of view. I think I'm interested in Bridges is is I want to hear you, Brendan, on this and just how you think he differs from Bridges, because I think Bridges is more traditional three and D. And obviously, Oubre is is less so. And I think maybe that's where Bridges is an easier fit into the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I think Bridges should start for now. Um, I actually don't really know where I sit with Melton. Um, I, it's kind of a weird thing, too, to, to think about the fact that Rivers and Crawford have a history of playing pretty well together in a second unit and how they both just out of really nowhere. I would never guess that we would have those two guys in Phoenix this year, but here we are, and, and they played really well together. Um, now they're both older and coming out of weird situations the last season, but... I think from from the from the Uber standpoint too, I I, I do I, I think that it does come down to the defense. And I think your point about coming off the bench is interesting as well, Kellen, because it's something I've I've always wondered with that team is why he wasn't getting more minutes, why he wasn't playing with those starters more. I feel like the first year he broke out in the playoffs, I think that was two playoffs ago in that Boston series, I remember him being a, a real factor and making a lot of big plays, especially like you're saying, some of the just, you know, hustle energy plays that turn the tides of games. And I do agree that that helps, but I kind of feel like it'll help wherever. And I, I think Bridges has just learned and, and started to grow in that, in that starting unit pretty well, handling the ball a little bit more over these last two games too, when they've put it together. And I, I would hate to, disrupt whatever's going on and it's really working but yeah I think the the two biggest concerns with with Uber for me now and going forward and I do think it's great that they get a chance to look at this guy up close and make a decision on him have his restricted rights is just what what uh position does he defend because I this team doesn't have a backup four right now and it's not Uber it was Ariza it's not gonna be Uber I don't I don't see him defending power forwards um, and and just obviously what kind of shooter he becomes. 100%. And, and one thing I want to mention here while we're talking about starting and coming off the bench, I think an important note is the trade doesn't become official until Monday, and unless I'm very unfamiliar with how things work, they're not allowed to join the team until Monday, obviously, because the trade's not official until then. And they play on Monday. So I think mm-hmm. if, they're, if they are playing on Monday, they're obviously not going to be starting. So I think they are yeah. going to have that chance, the starting unit, to stick together and really figure things out and see how these guys gel off the bench together. Because the thing that I, I really like is, even if you talk about the matchup problems potentially with who's playing the four or whatever, but Jackson, Holmes, and Ubre together, that's just a, just three absolute dogs out there who are just going to really cause problems for other teams despite their offensive limitations. And that's where I really hope you can find someone who's offensively more inclined and that's where Austin Rivers actually fits in better off the bench than he does starting so I think there's a chance for that actual second unit to find something together right away uh, by default sort of because of the situation that they've been put in with the trade not going official until Monday 
but but we'll see. Uh, Igor has been searching for stability for so freaking long, and they've won two in a row with the starting lineup. It's hard to see him changing things. And I also think that with that in mind, looking at Austin Rivers as a worry, just one more point on him is that Igor has always figured these things out with Ryan Anderson, with with all these types of different situations where he's had to start Mikel, get more minutes for TJ, etc., he always figures these things out. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about Austin Rivers completely hijacking the team. I think the drama was a little bit uh, too much at times. Yeah, I want to I wanna get Evan's thoughts on that and we'll dive a little bit more into the specifics of the rotation. But before we move on to our last segment here, I want to tell you guys about the Locked On NBA National Show. You guys should have checked this out already. It's, it's a great daily resource, just like Locked On Suns for a national perspective on, on some of the other events going on around the league. And as we learned this weekend, you can never uh, count any news out. The Washington Wizards news that we thought might impact the Suns from a John Wall perspective suddenly landed Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre here. So go check out Locked On NBA to keep on top of all of that. I'm actually on the show on Monday talking about the trade. The, the Locked On Wizards host is going to be on as well. So go check that episode out. Go check the rest of the shows out. Give them a subscribe and uh, show them some love as well. All right, so uh, the thing, uh, where do you guys think this goes? I want to stick on the, the power forward point and throw it back to you, Evan, just because I'm interested. I, it was one thing I was really worried about with this deal for the rotation for the team is just what would happen because Ariza was taking on such a big load once Ryan Anderson took, uh, got taken out slash just played his way out of the rotation. And Ariza was a starting three and the backup four. And like I said, I don't think Uber is that guy. Yeah, I, I don't want to rewind here, but I just wanted to – I think for my point here, I, I think Oubre is the four. I don't like the fit, but I think that's what has to be done. Ryan Anderson not going to be the four. Dragon Benner is not going to be the four, in my opinion. Josh Jackson Maybe, not the four. Josh Jackson not the four. We saw it with Blake Griffin already. But I think Oubre has to be a four. Maybe they can make it work in the second unit with just so many athletic guys like Kellen mentioned with Holmes, Jackson, and Oubre. Add in D'Anthony Melnick, Rivers is starting. That's four guys out there that are really fun to watch, and they're really going to bring a lot of energy. But – as far as that rotation goes, Kellen, I know we were touching on this probably um, – I think you touched on your podcast as well, but the the Suns originally did not want Kelly Oubre. They wanted Dylan Brooks, and now they just put Kelly, Kelly Oubre in this deal. as probably just a throw-in. Do you, Is Kelly Oubre even in the Suns' plans right now? I don't think he's a throw-in, but I think it was a very – I wrote about this in the Oubre column. This was a very let's tidy this up, fine, we'll take Oubre and Rivers because we actually win the trade – and uh, home. yeah exactly the the athletics fred katz um wrote in his piece that the wizards were originally getting i forgot about this because it was such a minimal part of the deal but the wizards were originally getting two second round picks one of them was conditional from memphis and they still wanted that part in the deal but it, it was both teams essentially saying we're fine with taking losses here the suns are fine with taking losses because they didn't originally want Ubre and rivers uh, they wanted rivers i guess but they didn't want Ubre, or more so they wanted brooks more than Ubre, yeah. and then the Wizards wanted a second-round pick or two, and the Suns just were saying, like, look, we're taking the loss. You guys take the loss, and let's just move on here. I think the most logical thing here that we're, we haven't talked about yet is moving Ubre for a point guard, but the tricky thing is you cannot move him for the rest of the season unless it's a straight-up swap. Have you guys looked into the rules at all in terms of if draft picks are allowed in that too? I know it has to be player for player. but I, I Yeah, don't know I, think it, I think the picks. only rules really are just that the Suns can't combine – either Rivers or Ubre or them both in a deal for uh, with other sons already on the roster for another player. So I, I think anything else is pretty free game as far as trading either of them individually or 
package Rivers and Oubre again for whatever. But I think they're allowed to get anything back and include picks. But I'm not – yeah, it's very, very like deep in the salary or in the CBA rules. Yeah, TJ's already playing – like I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but he's when – when he's really going or when the Suns are in a close game, he's playing close to 40 minutes almost every night. So I'm not extremely worried about who's playing the other four spot. And with that being said, off the top of my head, I can't name five backup fours that you're really scared of that Oubre has to defend or whoever obviously like a starting situation becomes a little bit different. But – Feels like a lot of teams play small in the second unit too. Yeah, exactly. So kind of thinking about it. So we'll just have to wait and see how it kind of falls for a couple of seconds or a couple of seconds. That's too short of time, a couple of games and, and then see where yeah. it goes from there in terms of how Ubre fits into the team, because I think he's a guy they need, but the elephant in the room here is of course that he's a better player right now than Josh Jackson. You'd rather have him right now than Josh Jackson. And do they just make Jackson part of a bigger trade for a point guard right now and just say, okay, we're just going to move on from Josh right now. Because his value, I think, is only really going to go down, you can say, honestly, right now. Uh, unless yeah, is there really a trade, Evan? Is there a trade that, that makes sense? I know you're usually more on top of that stuff because uh, we hear about it on our show all the time. Do you have a deal like that that kind of makes sense for you right now, or would you rather see how the dominoes fall? Like, Where are you with moving quickly and acquiring another guy right away? As far as Uber or Josh Jackson? I mean – however you feel like it can get done. Cause I think, you know, maybe like, like Kellen's saying, we, we kind of wait and see a couple games, how this falls, but I, I think we could still see more. And obviously, but before the deadline there, there probably will be more. Off top, off the top of my head. I mean, maybe two salaries that make sense as far as Uber goes, maybe like a pad Bev from the Clippers since he's kind of getting pushed out with SGA's emergence. Maybe that makes sense with a pick. Maybe Tyus Jones gets freed out of there. I know Zach Lowe predicted that in his preseason piece. Maybe that makes sense to throw in a pick with Ubre. As far as Jackson goes, maybe the Bucks pick and him with D'Angelo Russell, but who knows now at this point if they're even going to maybe even keep D'Angelo Russell around. That might be the new rumor out of Brooklyn I'm reading around. So what do you think, Kellen? Is, do you think there's going to be eventually a trade of Jackson or Ubre before February, or do you think they're just going to stick this out and see who wins at the end of the year? I think they might just stick it out unless they are as pessimistic about Josh's overall growth as we are. And I'm not exactly sure that they are in, in year two yet, especially with him starting to actually find his identity and actually playing like Kansas Josh Jackson. Now he's playing like Kansas Josh Jackson on every drug in the world and steroids and everything in caffeine with how fast he's playing and he needs to slow down and figure out his instincts and everything. But with that being said, he's starting to find himself. So it makes it a little bit more tricky. The one thing I would absolutely not do is trade Ubre for a, for a point guard that I'm not sure is going to be your long-term point guard. Cause at this point I would just pay him because he's, he's still valuable. He, he might not be valuable to your own team, but he would still be valuable to the Suns, and they have money. And I know, the Suns want to use that money, but at the same time, they have to realize that they're the Suns and just hold on to the assets that they can or more, uh, to say it better, focus on the assets they can have. And that while well, they have Ubre and he's a restricted free agent, they can match. So unless someone just makes a crazy offer for Ubre that they don't think is worth it, I think re-signing him and just holding him out for the long term, kind of similar to how I, I think it was Zach Lowe who mentions it kind of this way. The, the Aaron Gordon, Gordon signing for the Magic, the way the contract yeah. was structured, it looked like they structured it in a way to where they're looking to deal him in the future. And I could see that kind of happening with Ubre as well. Yeah, I think the Suns will benefit from his 
value declining in Washington. And, and now he'll be kind of in a pretty low profile situation here with the Suns all but finished in the Western Conference. He'll get to, you know, maybe even if he bumps up his play a little bit, looks good here, they could still get him on a, a pretty reasonable deal because I don't think he's going to be at the top level of even restricted free agents with how he's played the last couple of seasons. But do you guys have anything else before we wrap up here on, on Ubre Rivers, the future? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. I was going to say just one question for both of you guys, because I don't think we've had on this yet on the podcast. With getting another wing and another combo guard, technically not a point guard in Austin Rivers, are the Suns committing more to point book? Mm, I, I think they kind of are, but what Kevin was tweeting out earlier is kind of telling and that like the smartest thing to do actually is to treat him like the injury prone 22 year old he is and give him rest when he needs it. But of course, like with the way Devin like treats coming back from injuries and resting and stuff, he would obviously never, ever do that. But using him in those type of spurts and longer spurts with Melton, helping him out when he can is the most logical long-term thing. I don't think this is this is really committing to it. I don't I don't think they've decided yet. Um, but I think one more thing I wanted to mention on Ubre is that how is he approaching this? Uh, I read Katz's piece, which is really great on the Athletic. Again, if you missed it, he was saying that Ubre gets a chance to stat pad on a tanking team. That's how he was mm-hmm. framing it, and that of course is not at all what is going to happen here. He is going to be an energy glue guy for them. That's like the fourth or fifth option when he's on the court at all times. So if he comes in here and he's optimistic about the Suns, but only because he can get his numbers up before free agency, this is not going to go well at all. But I think the Suns just got jammed in a corner and they had to do this deal and they did they did it to themselves in the most Suns fashion possible because they are the Suns. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the Uber thing, to close kind of here, I think that the locker room stuff is going to be the, a really interesting factor because – I think I've read articles that every single guy in that Washington locker room was the main cause. Like I, I I don't want to pretend like I know who was doing it. It was just a bad mix of guys. It feels like. And I think this deal for the wizards was just as much about flushing some of that out as it was anything else. Um, So I'm interested to see what that looks like and how he treats coming to one of the worst teams in the league and a really just building situation that he's never been in. He's really he's won his whole career despite being so young, Ubre. So that's interesting. And from the the point book perspective, Evan, I think the way that I talked about it with Josh on Locked On NBA today is just I think that they've created a little bit more of a cushion as far as making this really a deep and and kind of versatile guard rotation. So I think they'll be able to mix and match with basically having four combo guards on this roster now who can handle heavy minutes. I think that's going to be a tool for them that they can, I mean, hopefully it results in Booker eventually being able to, to not take every single shot in crunch time and, and just break down his body over the course of the season. But besides that, I also just think it gives them, you know, some different defensive and offensive looks that they can maximize. Kellen, I know um, people already know who you likely are if you listen to this podcast, but if you're a new listener, just plug whatever you want to. Uh, ArizonaSports.com, that's where you can find pretty much all of, not pretty much, that's all of my work. And you can also just follow me on Twitter, at Kellen Olson, at Empire of the Suns, for all of our Suns stuff. Uh, it was fun to come on, guys. I always like bouncing your brains with different thoughts that I kind of have going in my head at the moment with the Suns. And this is a very exciting time to talk about the team, obviously. Yeah, oh, thanks, thank- man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Kellen. Really appreciate it. That'll be it for today's episode, guys. We'll be back to you guys tomorrow to recap the next game.